Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. So far, we've talked about taking a rest, not a nap, but a real rest. We've talked about devotion, the practice of personal worship. Uh, Today we're talking about exercise in our series, I Will Thrive. And that's right, these are biblical workouts for the spirit man or spirit woman. Not really. I think we're going to be uh, more about the spiritual side of of exercise for sure. And uh, you know what? Enough of my preamble. Let's just get right into it today. I'm excited to start with Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And this is what it says. Some of you will know this verse by heart. But I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. The one thing that we ought to remember today as we talk is that we are set apart as the followers of Jesus. The patterns of this world and the pattern that they follow are certainly not the pattern that we follow. It's not the pattern we live in. We might remember this part of the passage. The living sacrifice, check. We remember that. Uh, Pattern of the world, bad, check. We remember that. Renewing of the mind, check. But we often stop there and, and we miss the reason for it all. What is the reason? It's to realize God's will for us is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, there is a do to what the scripture is talking about here. It's for the purpose of doing something with a renewed mind. It's it's for the purpose of doing something knowing that God's will is good and perfect. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 in the NIV says this, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God. You are not your own because you were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. There's a high price that has been paid. And not just for your spirit, not just for your soul. We often forget about this. Jesus died for and paid for all of you. Like all three parts, not just two of three. The cost for that purchase was the sinless life of Jesus. The cost of that purchase was his suffering before and during the cross. So we honor God with this body because he saved all of us, not just two of the three parts. And so as long as I have this body, Scripture reminds me that I need to honor God with it. And so in talking through this series, I will thrive With this principle of exercise today, there's three things that we can do with some of these passages of Scripture to help keep us on track. The first one is this. Stop doing things aimlessly. 1 Corinthians 9.24-27 says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? So run in such a way that you may win. Everyone competes in the games. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. Then they then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we receive an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. 
I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I have disciplined my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. I'd like to add to this point saying don't do anything aimless. Like don't do anything in life aimlessly. I'm spending a lot of time, resources, and even money these days because I've hired a personal coach, a pastoral coach, to help walk me through some of the leadership growth areas I need to get better at. And one of the things we consistently end up having to talk about is intentionality. Far too often, we are aimless in the things we do. Far too often, we are not intentional about the why we're doing something for This is aimlessness, and we already know this. Aimless eating is bad for you. I'll say it again because it's happening a lot during the COVID thing. Aimless eating is bad for you. You should really stop. You're not going to feel good uh, in in not much longer. Um, We all know that, and for most of us, I guess we, well, let me just move on from here. Most things done in life, (laughs) done aimlessly, will have a similar result to aimless eating. So for example, aimless study leads to something that's not positive. You see, aimless study will lead you to empty philosophy. And it's interesting because there is a Greek word that you should remember called fusio. Everyone say fusio. It's kind of a fun word, fusio. And what it means is to be puffed up by knowledge. And we mentioned it last week as well. We, we can get on these tangents of, of doctrine. We can kind of start running down all these rabbit trails. And if we're not being intentional about what it is we're studying, if we're not intentionally saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want to teach me? We will end up being empty philosophers of God's word. And that is completely useless to the kingdom of God. It is not likely to help anyone find Jesus and is not likely to bring maturity into your life. So aimless study can lead to empty philosophy. Uh, Aimless rest leads to lethargy or even, even laziness. Aimless training, skipping leg day, for instance, leads to vanity. Well, maybe or maybe not. It depends on your attitude at the gym, I suppose. But the reality is this. To thrive, we need to do all things with purpose. There should be a reason. There should be an answer if I ask you, well, why are you doing that? There there should be a response that is an answer. So what is the purpose? Well, what's the purpose for us? This actually brings us to point number two today. Just do it, as Nike said, but we're going to add to glorify God. Just do it to glorify God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 in the NIV says, So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, Do it all for the glory of God. Now, this verse in context is actually talking very specifically about eating and drinking and specifically eating things that were sacrificed to idols. And the implications of that conversation are about what it has to do with our conscience, what it has to do with the conscience of others and the relationships with those who are around us. But listen, in short, a lot of questions can be removed or answered in what we do if our real motive is always to glorify God. Now, that doesn't mean that we have a free pass to do whatever we want. The whole counsel of God's word 
and the Holy Spirit, our friend, are absolutely necessary to keep us from falling into legalism. Don't forget how Jesus dealt with the legalistic people in his day. It, it wasn't, it, it, there was a lot of constructive criticism, if that's a nice way to say it. And remember this, there's always this more excellent way that the Bible shows us. And I want you to see if you can find that verse just for fun. You see, just doing whatever we do to glorify God is a lifetime pursuit. It's not like we're going to become experts at these things at 10,000 hours like most other things in life. The reality is, though, if our heart, if our mindset, if our attitude, if our will is bent to this reality, that everything I do, I want to try to do it to the glory of God for the sake of, of His work at the cross, for the sake of the kingdom of Jesus. With training by the Word of God, by practice with the Holy Spirit of God, each one of us can learn how. It reminds me of what Acts 24, 26 says. It says, So I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and men. And that Greek word for strive is askeo. And it means I train, I practice, I exercise. So I strive to keep my conscience clear. I strive to glorify God in the things that I do in this life. So whatever you do, strive for a clear conscience and a clear desire to bring glory to God. Just do it for the glory of God. This brings us to our last point. Train for godliness. Exercise for godliness. 1 Timothy 4, 7, verse 7 and 8 says this, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. Let me read that again. Rather, train yourself to be godly. I'm just going to hit time out right now. But Pastor Trav, it's your job to train me. It's not my job to train you. It's my job to equip you for the work of the ministry. It's my job to encourage you to love and good works. It's my job to feed you as the sheep of God's pasture, but it's your job to train yourself for godliness. It's not your wife's job either. And teenage kids, it's actually not your parents' job to train you for godliness, although if you trust them, they will help you. So listen, it goes on to say in verse 8, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. I'll say it again. Godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Now, this is a trustworthy statement that deserves full, accept, full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive. There's that word again. Because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people and especially of those who believe. I think sometimes we get sidetracked and separated on this issue of our pursuit, this exercising to become godly. We think that it's all about the heavenly reward, but that's not what the scripture says. The Bible says here in 1 Timothy chapter 4 that physical training is good for your earthly reality, but godliness has value for all things. You see, godliness has value, has value not just for your spiritual life, but also for your physical life. Physical training is a value, but training for godliness has more value. And the Greek word you will find with physical training is gymnasia. 
and it is actually where we get our word gymnasium. Some of you might have figured that out. If training for fitness of the body is profitable, how much more is training for godliness going to profit your life? How much more is it going to profit your marriage, your family, your church? How about your employer? I'm sure you're starting to get the idea. Why not in training for godliness, rather than skipping leg day, as we've mentioned, why don't we consider the hardship that might come into your life tomorrow as an opportunity for growth rather than a setback? Consider the relational conflict that you're going to come into, uh, into relationship with with another person. It's going to happen. You will find conflict with people. Rather than running away from that, why not take it as an opportunity to work out growth? Why not let it be the reps that build character and Christ-likeness into your spiritual man? Why not consider the trying of your patience, also known as the opportunity to practice long-suffering? Why not just allow that to become the opportunity in your day to be more like Jesus? You see, what we need to remember is, because we're bought with a price, because there's such a high value placed on our physical, our mental, emotional, our spiritual being, that the exercise of faith, the exercise of the disciplines of life, of worship, of devotion, the things that will allow us to thrive are brought to our attention by the Word of God. They are made alive in our lives through the Spirit of God because it is profitable for us to train for godliness. It's proper for us and it's profitable for us to exercise righteousness. So let me just run over these three things again as we prepare to close today. First point was don't do anything aimlessly. Do nothing aimlessly. Let there be purpose and intent in everything you do so that you don't drift in the direction you didn't want to go. The second one, just do it to the glory of God, for the glory of God. Whatever it is, just do it for his glory. Colossians 3.17 reminds us, says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Don't let opportunities to become more like Jesus pass you by. Do the reps. Do the full sets. Don't quit early. Train for godliness, our last point. Trained for godliness. The image of Jesus is what we are being made into day by day, moment to moment, and glory to glory. And we need to train for that reality. Now, this doesn't mean you have to become a hardcore maniac that, that tomorrow changes everything you do, changes everything you think about. But why not just start today with that conversation with the Holy Spirit? Let's pray right now. Lord, I'm asking you today to speak by your Holy Spirit to our hearts. Fill us again with purpose. Help us to avoid that dangerous place of spiritual and emotional and mental drift. Help us right now to make a change in our thinking so that we do all things for you, so that we bring glory to you and give us the strength and courage. Lord, give us the resolve to train our lives so that as we move through this world, your heart becomes the reality that people see in us. Jesus, thank you for loving us and thank you for the cross. 
And thank you for the faith and the grace that you give each one of us. Amen. Remember, don't do anything aimlessly. Just do it, everything, for the glory of God. And don't skip leg days that are hard that you don't want to do. Train for godliness. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.